When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. What I used to do was I had a set of core values, and I had seven of them, seven core values. And right there, that's a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. Because I couldn't remember all seven of them. If you can't go humble, hungry, smart, you don't have core values. If you go, I think one's integrity. Yeah, integrity is one. If, I think one is um, unity. No, no, no. It's like cooperation. No, no. What is it? Uh, you don't have core values. It has to be like a part of your DNA. It has to be like you see the people, the names of people on your, your coach's names. You should be able to rattle them off like that. Mm-hmm. Humble, hungry, smart. And everyone knows it. What confidence is has nothing to do with winning or the leaderboard. What confidence is, is knowing that you giving your best effort is enough. Greetings, Ben. Hey, Patrick. Hello, sir. Um, Today we're going to talk about um, how to build a strong team. Um, Obviously, I think I'd love to touch on sort of two elements of that. One is sort of a work team, a, a, mm-hmm. a, um, the teams you know that you've built here at the gym, um, but also athletic teams because I think uh, I'm curious if you see a lot of crossover between those two things. Um, and the reason I, I wanted to bring this up or I want to talk about this because you just announced uh, some new seminars, some new affiliate-focused seminars um, and some new athlete development and, and sort of programming seminars. Um, so I wanted to talk to you about that a little bit first um, because they're related or the the subject of building strong teams mm-hmm. is one of the things that you're going to talk about in these seminars because the seminars are new, right? Um, you're calling the the affiliate one affiliate excellence 2.0. Yes. So what does that mean? What is the what was 1.0 and what is 2.0? So um, affiliate excellence, it was not 1.0 at the time. It was just affiliate <laughs> excellence. Um, it's a one day seminar where I bring people through basically the best practices of owning a CrossFit gym. Now there's some applicable um, practices that you could take to other small businesses, but it's really centric on um, how to run a good gym. We talk about things like pricing and building on a website and how to um, um, train your coaches, how to run a class, um, how to do some marketing, how to um, build out some systems. I'm taking um, 2.0, or I'm introducing 2.0 as a um, a next level of that. Mm-hmm. You don't have to have done the first one to get anything, to get um, everything out of the second one. Um, the second one is about policies, best practices, um, and principles. Mm-hmm. Principles being the unchanging um, aspects of our business that drive behavior. It's the way that we are setting things up to um, so that all of our employees, all of our teams, which we're about to talk about, know exactly what to do in every situation. It's all the if-then scenarios. It's impossible to go through all of the if-thens. So you set up these um, principles so that your, your, your employees can make decisions and know exactly what to do on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the policies is everything from what do we do for our hiring process? What do we do for our, our on-ramp process? What do we do for our opening and closing shifts? What do we, how do we do facilities maintenance? So it's literally like it in the weeds. Literally, I'm going to give people our operations manual, our, our, our binder, our 40, 50 page book on how we run our gym. So they're going to walk away with literally, this is the how to, to run an affiliate. And the last piece of that is kind of, um, the best practices piece, which is how do we um, communicate our vision? How do we um, get everyone operating on the same page? How do we create ownership within the gym? And how do we structure meetings from coaches meetings to the visionary setting of this, um, how we want to structure the year down to the week, the month, the day? And then how do we create accountability in every position in the gym? First off, we talk about what the positions in the gym are, right, right. and then how we create accountability, drive passion, um, and get things done basically mm-hmm. inside the affiliate. So 2.0 is a little bit more um, in depth. It's a little more in the weeds. It's a little more um, 
hands-on, but you're actually walking away with uh, where if the if the level one was a lot of, uh, I don't want to say it was a lot of theoretical because it's not, but if it starts there, this one's going to start with very much a, um, when you go back to your affiliate on Monday, this is how you can um, truly affect it and change it. Yeah. Uh, li- listening to you talk a little bit, it feels like uh, if anybody, and I know you do, knows who uh, Gary Vee is, he talks mm-hmm. a lot about being in the clouds and being in the dirt. Yeah, um, yeah. And it feels a little bit like 1.0, obviously that wasn't what it was called, is a little bit clouds and and 2.0 is maybe a little bit more dirt. I like that. You kind of get your hands dirty. Yep. Um, what about the, the what, are you, what are you guys calling it, or what are you calling it, the athlete development and programming? Yep, programming and athlete so development. So what's that? So um, I'm going to do these in two cities and two cities only. I'm doing it in Boston on November 3rd and 4th. Um, Saturday and Sunday. Yep. And the next weekend, I'm going to Denver and doing it on the 10th and 11th. Mm-hmm. So it's a Saturday, Sunday. Is that um, seminar on one day, athlete yeah. development on the Correct. second? Correct. Okay. So Saturdays in both cities will be um, Affiliate Excellence 2.0. And then Sunday in each city will be programming and athlete development. Okay. Um, program athlete development is everything from how do you program for your gym to how do you program for sports specific athletes to how do you um, program for special populations and elderly to how do you program for your elite athletes to send them to the games um, and um, athlete development is how do you take an athlete and truly make them world class so it's really it's uh, for the first time I'm really kind of pulling back the curtain on what I've done to develop some of the world champions in our sport. Mm-hmm. Um, so everything from what does a day look like? What does the week look like? What does the year look like? Um, how do we structure that? And then how do we also, which is kind of, kind of fun and exciting about, is putting a practical approach to building the mentally tough athlete, mm-hmm. which I think everyone looks at mental toughness as a soft skill. At best, at worst, they see it like you're either born with it or you're not. And it's neither of those two. You're not born with it or you're not. And it's not a soft skill. It's something that's trained and developed, and I'm for the first time going to show the a step by step. It's an actual actionable step by step process to building mental toughness, not just kind of like give them hard workouts, let them survive, and they're tougher. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, you'd mentioned the dates, but maybe the dates one more time, and then if people are interested, where can they either read more or register? Yep, doing uh Boston yep. on November third and fourth. The Saturday is the Field Excellence 2.0, and Sunday is Programming Athlete Development. The following weekend is in Denver, uh, the 10th and the 11th, Saturday and Sunday, in the same format. Saturday is Affiliates, and um, Sunday is for Athletes. And registration is at benbergeron.com uh, slash events. Fantastic. Okay. Uh, let's talk about building a strong team. Um, first question, I've heard, um, and I think we'll dip in a little bit of... Uh, or, or we'll dip into affiliates or affiliate specifics, but as much as you want to take it out to be more broad, please feel free. Um, But affiliate specific first. Um, I've heard you talk about when hiring coaches, hire hire for good people or hire for the right people um, and work on developing them into the right coach. So I want to ask you about that, um, but sort of tag on that question is, what's the right balance between experience and inexperience with a coach because obviously you don't want even if it's the perfect person right um if they have never coached before mm-hmm. or they just have their level one yep probably not the right decision for you guys so where do you so first talk to me about that idea of hiring for a person before you know skill or experience um and then where you how you sort of balance that with the necessary ex- experience and skill um so that when you put them in the, in front of the class you know that they're in good hands yeah i love that um and you're exactly right. The way that we structure this is we hire based off character, skill, talent, and then skills in that order. And what I mean by that is um, character. So mm-hmm. what a lot of people say is when you like you're like when you, maybe they've heard me or they've heard other people say is like hire good people. They kind of assume that's like well if you and I used to do this right. I used to I my test used to be uh, the three hour car ride. If you mm. could enjoy a three hour car ride with this person, they're probably a person that you wouldn't mind working with. And if you can't go a three hour car ride, it's probably not the best person for you. Well, that's was in the early development of my hiring and building a team phase. That was my prerequisite. 
we've since really honed and developed what we're looking for and way, way beyond the car ride test. It was basically, it was um, my test before was like, are you cool and do you care? Mm -hmm. If you're cool and you care, if you're cool, like if I can do the car ride, if you care, if you care about other people, if you pass those two tests, you passed our character test. Now we'll work on your um, talent. In our world, that's coaching. In another world, it might be marketing. It might be sales and so on. And then finally is skills. Are you good with, um, so in our world, skills might be like, could you help us out with a nutrition program? Mm -hmm. Are you a weightlifter? Are you a gymnastics specialist? Um, Are you good at posting on social media? So those are our skills. In other worlds, it might be, are you good with, excuse me, are you good with WordPress? Or are you good with, you know, um, data analytics? Like the or resume you, stuff. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like truly like the skill yeah. stuff. Like, um, so again, it goes character, talent, skills in that order. The thing that we've done to help us out so much in the in the near term, the last three or four years or so, is truly developing what we're looking for. We systemize character. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking for just somebody that's cool and passing the car ride test, it's truly defining what it is, who is the person that fits us. Mm-hmm. And we talk about this all the time, like, are they one of us? And one of us is like, it's a term that we use all the time when we're talking about potential hires. Like, I don't know if he's one of us. Yes, he's a cool guy. Yeah, he'd be a great coach. Is he one of us? Mm-hmm. And knowing what one of us is helps out so much. For us, it's, are you humble? And that is first and foremost. And by the way, I think that these are, um, it's not things that I created. I, I learned a lot of these from, um, um, Patrick Lincioni's um, um, book, The Ideal Team Player. Mm-hmm. Since been reinforced through everything else I've read, and it's like everything fits inside of these nice three little bubbles. And the first one is, are they humble? And humble is not what people think. It's not just thinking less about yourself. It's not even just thinking about other people more. It's truly, in our world, are you willing, or not even willing, are you, how do you accept feedback? Mm-hmm. That's the biggest one for us. We're always trying to go grow. We're always trying to develop. I had a meeting with my staff last week, I do every week, and I told them in that meeting, my biggest fear is that five years from now, we're exactly like we are right now. That is a nightmare for me. That is like, I am out, like I'm checking out, like no thanks, I don't want any part of that. We are always gonna be growing and developing. Well, to grow and develop, you need people with the humility to accept feedback, change, and ways to grow. And that's not an easy thing for a lot of people. If every single day, we we tell people this in the hiring process, every single day you coach, you're going to get feedback on something you can work on. And some people are like, right away, it's like that gut check in there. It's like, that's not me. Like, I know what he's talking about. I know that might be good for me. I don't have, and they're not going to say this, but I'm not going to thrive in that environment. That's going to be really hurtful for Mm -hmm. me. I'm here because I feel like it's going to be a good dot, 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 fill in the blank. So the first one's humility and humility for us first and foremost is is how you take feedback. Yes, it's about, it's not thinking less about yourself. It's thinking about yourself less. And yes, it's about thinking of other people and um, all the rest. But for us, the number one thing is how do you deal with feedback? Number two is hunger. And hunger is work ethic. It's the drive for excellence. It's professionalism. It's your um, um, dedication to your craft. It's the the willingness to learn. It's um, if you're asked to do um, steps one, two, and three, you come back with steps one, two, three, four, five, and offer up new steps of like what you think six and seven would be. Mm-hmm. It's what Jack Welch talks about all the time. Is in um, Jack Welch for people that are younger. Um, he was the he was the Steve Jobs of the eighties, <laughs> dating never, myself. Never heard him described as that. Okay, but right? Nineties. Yeah. No, he's the yeah. most powerful company in the world. Yep. GE. He was the visionary and the leader. Yep. Jack Welch's whole thing is what got you an A in school is the bare minimum requirement in business. And people are like think that they're entitled that if they do everything that they're supposed to do, they chalk off every single box. I did everything that my boss asked me to do today. Why am I not getting anything more than this like two percent raise every year? Because that's the bare minimum in business. That's literally the job description mm-hmm. is do this. To do more, you have to make your boss look smarter. And that's what hunger is. You have the ability to work way beyond. And we tell people in the hiring process, what we mean by this is there's going to be many, many nights in a quarter, like we talk like three, four, five Fridays every three months where you're probably going to be expected to be here 
till 10 o'clock at night. Mm-hmm. But in our kind of group, that's kind of the norm. People would rather be doing that than doing other stuff. And I get it. You can be a great coach and that might not fit you. But in our world, people like being here. They work their tails off. And it's not something that like, that doesn't make you special in our group. Mm-hmm. That meets the bare minimum. Yep. So if that's not you, again, that might not be the right place for you. Yep. So hum, hum, humility, hunger. And then the third one is people smarts, emotional intelligence. Do you understand how to communicate with people? Do you know how to read people and do you know how to stay quiet and do you know how to um, be a sincere listener? Do you know how to be an active listener? Do people easily buy in and trust you? If you have those combination of those three things, humble, hungry, and people smart, that to us makes you one of us. Mm -hmm. That is the character we're looking for. And we've had a lot of really impressive people walk through the doors through our hiring process that are really good people that are really good coaches, but just weren't one of us. And to me, it's the mantra of hire slow and fire fast. Mm-hmm. I think it's really, really, really important to build an incredible team and really hard. And to bring in a bad apple, it's true that the bad apple can spoil the whole bunch. And the analogy there is like, if you're cooking a, imagine you have a, um, a pan of Brussels sprouts that you're going to saute. Mm-hmm. If you have a, your pan holds eight Brussels sprouts, right? Perfectly. Well, if you put that ninth Brussels sprout in, it sits on top of all the others. Now, all of a sudden, that one extra Brussels sprout kind of messes up the whole cooking process. It (laughs) takes longer and the right Mm -hmm. ones don't get cooked the right way. And that one little thing, which seems like not that big a deal, really messes up the whole process. Mm -hmm. That's the approach we take. Is like, if we're going to bring somebody on, we're going to wait for the right person. And when the right person comes on, we're going to know that they're one of us. Um, so just not to skip over it, uh, the, the question of how much experience is needed before you answer your question. Well, yes, Patrick, I'm a politician. This is like, (laughs) I should be able to answer the way I want to answer. Okay. Yes. You know what I mean though? Is cause I get all that and that's great. But at some point, somebody's want to go walk in and and they're going to have the traits, but they just came out of their L1 last week. Yes. So the next piece is the talent. So what we do is after, um, so the first thing we do is assess their character. Literally, I mean, that's the whole thing. And maybe that's a lie because we haven't sent our resume first, but the resume is really just like, I, to us in our world, what I found is um, the way we operate, it just tells you nothing. Yeah. In fact, it might be an inverse relationship right. between initials after your name and humility, <laughs> right? Yes. So it might be like a, a bad checkpoint. Yep. Um, mm-hmm. if, if someone's able to get through the, process in the door. The first thing we're doing is really driving really hard on uh, the character traits. But then the next thing is absolutely, we put them through the coaching on-ramp process Mm -hmm. and they have to be able to coach. They have to have the skill set. You could hire the best guy in the world, but if he doesn't know anything about sales or marketing or computer programming or whatever it is you are hiring him to do, it might not be the wrong hire. It's going to take a really long time to on-ramp him. And we've done that in certain cases, but for most part, it's we are looking for some sort of um, talent in there, and then the skill sets for us is just add on. It's just extra bonus essentially. If we have so whether they're a a former gymnast or yeah, or even for us, like if they um, someone comes in, they're a coach, but they're also good at graphic design. Mm -hmm. Like, ooh, that's nice, but it's an added bonus because they're good at graphic design is not going to be able to like take away from something else. So it's literally like uh, it, um, the pyramid scheme. It's or it's actually even better. It's like um, like um, opening doors. Like you have to open the, you, you have to check the box in the first one to be able to like even a of, get- A lot of metaphors here. Checking boxes, opening doors. Like, like, <laughs> it, like literally like to get into the next door, yeah. you have to be able to like check all the boxes yep. that you fit the character traits we're looking for. And then to get into the next one, you have to be like, do they fit the coaching traits we're looking for? Gotcha. Knowing we can develop a coach really hard, not impossible, really hard to develop character. Mm-hmm. And do you have, do you want to invest the time? We are not, we do, we are not the person, we are not the place to bring out, to coach someone how to be more humble. Right. We're asking for people to come here with enough. And then once they're here, they get the drip, drip, drip of it every day. And that's a huge thing we do in developing our team. We're not saying you have to be on the yeah. level of our team right now. You have to be humble enough to grow into that. You have to have the potential to be. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
you sort of you mentioned that you guys have sort of systematized this idea of sort of humble, hungry people smarts. Um, and you've sort of talked a little bit about the process through which somebody has to somebody goes through in order to get hired here. But is there a more formal sort of hiring process yep. that um, that you guys have put in place to make sure that things don't people don't skip steps yeah. or you guys don't miss something or, or what does that look like? Yeah, we have a, a hiring process that I'm I'm exceptionally proud of, um, and mostly because of where it grew out of is something that I'm not essentially proud of. <laughs> I used to to me the hiring process used to be. Um, the cool and care test. Yep. Um, that was our character checkpoint. And then from there, come in and coach a, a handful of classes for us and we would assess your talent. Mm -hmm. And then from there, we put you into the coaching process or not. It's like, seems normal, right? Like have an interview process, come in a trial period, and then they are in the process. We have since um, formalized it a, a lot more. And the way we do it now is after we get in touch with somebody, whether it's through a resume or a referral or whatever it is, cover letter. Um, I'll give you the actual like formalities of it. We ask people to send a resume and a cover letter of why they would be a good fit. Mm -hmm. Not why they like to coach, not what they could do for us, not why they like to work here, why they would be a good fit for CrossFit New England. That's the that's the jam. Mm -hmm. So give us a, a couple paragraphs on why you'd be a good fit. From there, if we feel like they're the right potential, we do a screening um, interview, either in person if they're local, if not, if they're going to relocate over the phone. And that's really uh, preliminary. It could be 10 to 15 minutes of just getting a feeler. Let's put some a voice or hopefully a face to yep. the story and the resume. From there, if we if they pass that and we say, this person's worth pulling in to our assessment. Just not to interrupt. Yep. Is that you doing it? No, is it it's a our, head coach? Is it, it like, how? I know it's different, obviously, for everybody's gym or everybody's business. So but. no, but this is this that's important. It's the head of the, the department. Okay. So if someone's going to be hired by the front desk, it's a front desk manager. If it's going to be a, become a coach, it's our coach, it's our head coach mm -hmm. does those meetings. From there, they are going to have a, uh, a follow-up meeting. And that follow-up meeting is 90 minutes. And that involves taking a class at CrossFit New England. You can learn a lot about people by taking a class with somebody in terms of their humble, <clears throat> their, their humility, their hunger, and their people smarts. They are in a social environment asking, you're giving them feedback. Yep. You're seeing how driven they are. Like, fun, like what a great, what an advantage we have. Mm -hmm. In 60 minutes, we can get a lot out of that. Followed by a 30-minute meeting again with the, the department manager. Mm -hmm. After that 90-minute meeting, the department manager talks to the leadership team and says, basically pitches or goes tells them why they don't think the person would be a good fit. I think this person would be a great fit. They, they'll they talk also talk to mem other members of the class that we trust have been with us for a long time, mm. know who we are and what we stand for. So we'll reach out to our customers to say, hey, is this person, how did you, you think about that? Do you give them a heads up before? Yeah, we like, do. hey, we yes. have somebody coming. Cool. We have somebody coming in. Could you guys just like kind of like, yeah, not even, could you like kind of like poke and prod them and see, <laughs> you know, like go up and talk to them. Mm -hmm. But it's also, we see how they interact with the front desk. We see how they, I'm kind of giving away the secrets, <laughs> how to get a job at CFNE. Um, and then they that have- might save you some time later though. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yes. Um, and then from there, um, that 90 minute meeting that the, co the head coach is then asking all these other people, they'll make a call and then they'll say like, this person we want to bring into our, on our essentially the full interview process. The full interview process for us is a day-long interview where they are with us from nine to five. Um, what we found is we can be tricked. We can be tricked in an hour, even an hour and two. And certainly people can be, I can be tricked when they're talking to me because they're really putting on a best face. Yep. When we bring them in this day-long interview, uh, things show up. Um, it's harder to get duped. Yeah. Um, so we bring them through a process and we have them meet with every department we have them meet with facilities, have them do stuff like let's fix some rowers, let's um, do do some work on uh, the actual building, let's do some of the daily chores and activities. We have them sit with the front desk. Here's how we run the front desk. So also, it nice doubles because it's a day one orientation into the business. Mm -hmm. They see everything, but we want them to meet everybody. They sit with the front desk. At the front desk, they see the daily operations. They talk to the front desk person. They meet new members coming in. They meet with our coach. They meet with our marketing person. Um, and then they go out to lunch with the head coach. Um, and up until recently, myself as well. Um, now it's kind of like the gym manager. Um, 
we take them out to lunch on purpose because we've seen that what the way they interact with people outside of the gym is really important. Mm-hmm. How do they act to um, servers and how do they act when they're driving their car and all those things matter a lot to us. After every one of those phases throughout that day, they'll sit with the front desk and then the front desk will meet with a leadership team and the leaders, they'll say, um, this person, you know, and, and they'll just ask humble, hungry, smart. And that, that was the three things. Like, what do you think? And they're like, well, they're definitely very people smart. They get along with everybody. Um, they're incredibly driven. He came in with, you know, all these questions about what to do. And he has this game plan for where he wants to go in his life. And he knows exactly what dot, dot, dot. Um, but humility, I'm not quite so sure. He seemed to talk a lot about himself. It's like, oh my gosh, that's such valuable information. So what we'll do in the next phase of that day-long interview is, okay, we feel really good about his people smarts. We feel really good about his hunger. Let's drive really hard mm. into detective, play detective on the humility aspect. And the next people I meet with him, we'll hone in on that aspect. And we'll try and drive and find, find out. And then we have another meeting, another meeting. And if they make it through the whole day, and most people do, then we'll make an assessment as a team about whether the person should go into phase, I think it's three or four, at that point where they come in and they do a week-long um, assessment where they basically coach classes, mm-hmm. one class a day for an entire week. And now is where, we, now is where we're assessing talent. Mm-hmm. So up until that point, all of it was character. Do they have the character to come by? They haven't coached a class. They haven't done anything yet. We're just trying to, we literally spent a day and a half assessing character. And then from there, we have five classes minimum. Uh, I'm sorry, five classes maximum. Um, minimum would be one. If they coach a class and like they don't have the talent, they don't get to coach another. <laughs> yeah. We just cut it there. Yep. But if they're good in class one or they have potential, it's like we'll do class two. And we'll go up to five classes. It will make the call after the fifth class about whether we should bring them on to our coaching on-ramp. Right. And the coaching on-ramp, we're going to further develop them and show them our way of doing things and the CF&E way and um, our uh, class procedures and how we do everything. And um, so they're fully on board with everything we're doing. And then the last piece of that is we have a um, basically an onboarding meeting, mm-hmm. really like a logistical, administrative, sign your W-2, yep. here's get you on payroll, all that type of stuff. Yep. So it's really important that you guys have been able to define what it is that you're actually looking for, because then you can, then you can it's have not a common the cool test. The cool test right. was like we literally yeah, that's impossible. So so yeah. hard to do, and that's what we do is we like, what do you think? Is 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 he a good fit? People be like, yeah, I, I, he's he's cool. Yeah, like he's a good guy. She's she's. We don't have like, a common language by which. To yes, sort of, and now it's like uh, the common language is so important to us, yeah. and we. Um, further define what humble, hungry, um, people smart is. We have five principles for each one of those things. So we have an exact language. We know exactly what we're looking for. It's not like a sort of, I'm not sure. It is, it's literally like a light switch. It's either yes or no's. Mm-hmm. It's really um, enlightening. Um, it's really fun to be a part of. Those hiring days are really cool because it's literally like playing detective work. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you you sort of mentioned that the team you have here is very strong, and obviously I agree. Um, how have you learned to, or how have you sort of stumbled into an approach where you can um, share your vision and your values to to the degree which they can then adopt them and take them on as their own? Yeah. Because um, as the sort of the head of the gym, a lot of the philosophy in the gym comes comes from you personally, right? Yep. But you're not in the gym 24 hours a day anymore. You, right. you know, you're past that where where you can literally have eyes on everybody. So how do you make sure that the the what's in your head gets translated or gets sort of transferred into what's in their head so that yeah. on the day-to-day basis, it's still happening? Yep. Um, I did not do a good job of that in the earlier days um, because I kind of thought if I said it, it was done. Yeah. And, you know, I said like, hey, guys, we're looking for um, dedicated. We're, that was one of our things we used to be looking, we talk about dedication. I'd be like, we're looking for dedicated team members. I'd be like, I said it, now hopefully they're dedicated. And I didn't do what we just talked about. I didn't really define what it was, but way more important was the lack of reinforcement. Mm. And until a leader has said it seven times, until a leader feels like they're being annoying about how often they're saying it, no one's heard it. Mm-hmm. And that that's a kind of a hard realization. You know, it's because you have to kind of um, 
imagine you're speaking to like less than a kindergartner. Like if you're a kindergartner, you told them like three times, like, you know, um, you know, pick up, you know, pick up your blocks, whatever. Like if you, after three times, if the kindergartner is not saying that, like you'd be kind of like frustrated. Mm-hmm. What I've learned, uh, and not from practices I've put in, but this is, I didn't come up with this on my own. It's like through reading about, you know, leadership and everything else. You have to reinforce it at every possible moment. Literally like every chance you get, you have to like pounce upon it. And what I mean by that is what I used to do was I had a set of core values and I had seven of them, seven core values. And right there, that's a huge mistake. <laughs> yeah. Because I couldn't remember all seven of them. If you can't go humble, hungry, smart, you don't have core values. If you go, I think one's integrity. Yeah, integrity is one. If, I think mm-hmm. one is um, unity. No, no, no. It's like cooperation. No, no. What is it? Uh, you don't have core values. It has to be like a part of your DNA. It has to be like you see the people, the names of people on your your coach's names. You should be able to rattle them off like that. Mm-hmm. Humble, hungry, smart. And everyone knows it. We talk about it at every coach's meeting once a week. We start off every meeting with reinforcing how those values showed up the past week, either from our members or our coaches. So a coach will be like, um, um, so they call it like dedications. Anybody have any dedications? And um, somebody be like, yeah, I have one. Um, it's really cool how Morgan, um, who coaches the 7.30 a.m. class was in the gym at 5 a.m. before the 5.30 even opened up to make sure we had a bee problem in the gym. Mm, I remember that. We had a bee problem. So like there was these bees that were infesting all the buildings on our street. And Morgan came in at 5 a.m. a half hour before the first class, even though he didn't coach for two hours to make sure that there was no bees instead of like little bee traps everywhere. And he's like, that's a really good sign of hunger, taking initiative and going above and beyond the call of duty. Like, great job, Morgan. So there's one there and we have, we give examples and everyone who goes around the room sharing examples how the coaches or members showed our core values. Yeah. Then from there, we, uh, I kind of just already talked about, we, we lay it out in the hiring process. We talk about, mm-hmm. I don't keep it a secret. Right. I say, we're looking for humble, hungry, smart people. This is what we mean by humility. I'm going to give you feedback every single day about what you're not doing well. Mm-hmm. It's easy to blow sunshine at you, but I'm going to tell you what you're not doing well. If that doesn't sound like something you're up for, like this might not be the place. Work ethic. We're expecting you. I know you're a part-time coach. I know that. We're, you know, it, the expectation, and you're going to see it, is that people are here a lot, a mm-hmm. lot, a lot. If you're here to kind of punch a clock, I'm just telling you now, you're not going to fit in very well. You might be a great coach and a great guy. It's not going to be the right place for you, and I want you to do well. And people smarts, X, Y, and Z. And it becomes a self-selecting process. They're like, oh, like I was kind of yeah. here to like, you yeah. know, be, a, we fire by it. We, 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 um, we um, review by it. So our review process has um, three checkboxes. Humble, hungry, smart. <laughs> Good, fair, or poor. If they get a poor in any one of those categories, and we write specifics, examples for each one of those. If they're a poor in any one of those categories, they have 30 days to fix it or they're off the team. Mm-hmm. Um, we fired, the three most recent fires have been because of that yep. process where it just did not fit for where we are, where, uh, where we fit in the, in the development of the team. We also um, reward by it. This is how we talk about giving people raises. And then we are constantly talking about it. Every coach's meeting, I review one of those principles I just mentioned. We talk about if-then scenarios. We talk about if this happens, what do we do? Well, how does that fall in line with our core values of humble, hungry, and smart? And at every um, uh, meeting, which I said, which is every Tuesday at 2.30, we literally go through it. I'll go through a principle. This is the principle of humility. This is a principle of people smart. This is a principle of hungry. And we have... Five of each of those, so 15. It's 15 weeks long to roll through each of those. At the end of those 15 weeks, we start over again. <laughs> yeah. So um, it's it's a matter of like this constantly bring it up. That's how you share the vision. Yeah. Is by constantly doing it. And um, 
it gives you an opportunity for like something goes bad. When something goes bad, it's really cool because it's an opportunity to learn, right? There's a story about um, in, in Culture Code by uh, Daniel Coyle, I think mm-hmm. he's the author. Um, Culture Code about the um, this restaurateur who has a billion dollar restaurant. And he's he obviously can't be at all the restaurants that he has. But at one of his restaurants, one of his top ends, there's a story about this woman who sent back a salmon that wasn't cooked all the way. Um, so... Um, she wanted, she was like, this isn't cooked all the way. I don't want this. Um, I'm kind of a steak instead. And the story is that the manager tried to figure out what to do, didn't know what to do. So he um, doggy bagged up the salmon and then gave it to her and charged her for it. She wrote a letter, like how he was, she was appalled. And like, this is the standard that he holds in his restaurants. He's like, yes. Hmm. Not like, oh no, my managers aren't good. Oh no, my staff doesn't know what to do. Oh no, I've disgruntled a customer. It was Oh yes, what a chance to drive home a learning experience. Mm-hmm. And now they have the salmon story. <laughs> and now that because of that, they have a principle yeah. on how they operate when things go in that order. And what you do is you create a nomencl- you create a language, as you said, a language. And we have things. We have ABC, which means always be communicating. Yeah. We have never whine, never complain, never make excuses. We have all of these languages that we can, you know, tactful conflict resolution, we know exactly what that is. And we can speak the same language so that there is this commonality of we know exactly how to operate. So the vision doesn't need to be translated for every single instance. There's basically a reference guide for everything that's going to come up. Yeah, I think another uh, added value of, of you guys talking about it so much is that you end up sort of the, the salmon story is people learn by stories a lot more than they do yes. by whatever else you'd call like a, a the a, a sort of a static principle, right? This is what we that's do. That's a great, so that's a great and point. So the you, mistake you, I used to make was I had I had the principles up on a wall yeah. with the definitions of each. It was literally like unity. And this is what we mean by unity. And dedication, this is what we mean by dedication. And compassion, this is what we mean by compassion. And there were seven of them. And I can only remember those three, which is funny. Oh, integrity <laughs> yeah. was another one. Yeah. See, that's why they sucked. Yeah. Instead, now what we do is here's our core values, humble, hungry, and smart. And now here's the 15 principles underneath and how there's a language and a story behind each of those. Yep. And you can talk, you can you can draw parallels between when that happened, okay, now yes. this is happening. And now we can say, well, we, we have be we, the little brother and everyone exactly. knows what be the little brother right. means. It's like- Let's not tell anybody. We'll, we'll save it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, a big part of all of this that we're talking about now is um, trust. Um, mm-hmm. Specifically, a team trusting you to uh, to maybe put their own personal whatever's aside in order to be part of a, something larger, part of a team. Um, how have you found in your position? How have you found uh, ways to be effective in earning and and sort of um, developing trust amongst your team? Again, to sort of go back to that idea that I had before, which is, or what I said before, which is you're not in the gym all the time. Mm-hmm. You're not babysitting anybody. Yep. It's because they trust you enough to know that that you've got their back and that and you trust them enough to know um, that they're doing what they need to be doing. So, how have you developed that? Um, I think it helps that you know the three character traits that I associate with myself is humble, hungry, and smart. Um, so, leading by example totally. um, helps a lot. And I. For I know, and my team was, I don't have the answers to a lot of the things that we're trying to do. So I'll look to them. And me not having the answers and looking to them builds this trust that this is a team effort. I This is by so far and away from a dictatorship. I'm trying to instill like a common vision. Like this is where I think we should be going. What do you guys think about that? And I try and build um, an organization that has a lot of autonomy, freedom, the people to do their jobs. Discipline, yes, so they know exactly what's expected of them, but autonomy and how to do that, when to do it, um, and a better way to do it. That's really what I want them to be doing. Mm-hmm. And I expect this to be um, a manage up organization where if you're if you're doing marketing for us, I want you to tell me how we should be doing marketing. Mm-hmm. If we're doing, if you're doing our facility stuff, I want you to tell me what you think we should be doing facilities. Do we need to get more rowers? Should we be expanding the gym? Should we be renovating the, the bathrooms? I want to give them the ownership on how to take the lead and then them tell me and see if we can work it into the vision. I think the biggest way to build trust is to lead by example. Um, just basically do what you say. Don't break promises. Don't be, um, you know, I love the saying of, 
I can't hear what you're saying because your actions speak so loud. Like I could talk about it all the time, but if somebody gives me feedback and I'm standoffish yeah. and I'm defensive, well, then there goes that whole thing I just talked about. <laughs> right. If I'm asking my coaches to work really hard, but I'm the first guy out of the gym every day and I'm the last one to show up, like there goes that whole thing. Mm-hmm. If I say people smarts and someone comes to me with a conflict and I don't treat it well, well, there goes that whole thing, right? I have to do it first and foremost. And then I hope that they will just lead and follow um, kind of the cascades off of to to what they do in their daily actions. Mm -hmm. The next one is the autonomy and the freedom and the asking for, I I trust them. I really do. So I had a meeting yesterday with one of our newer coaches who's taking over our teens program. And at certain points I gave suggestions, but at other points I said, come to... I know you can figure that out. Like you figure that out. Like one of the things was it's so, super simple and anybody that runs a gym, would, um, they have um, worksheets that they um, are programming templates that they fill in the weights that they're lifting every single day. And how do we get that from the binders to the athletes? It really sounds super simple, right? <laughs> yep. Well, if, if 22 kids walk in the door at once, you can't have them all go into the binder at once. So we've tried a couple different ways. I'm like, hey, Let's figure out a good way to do this. And I trust you to do it. I don't need to be able to want to do it. And they have ownership. We are, we're reprogramming um, a certain section of our of our um, class to involve some hypertrophy work. So um, it's not me laying it out. I asked the three coaches that run the class, each of them to give me um, 20 hypertrophy workouts. Now they each have 20. We have 60 compiled. Now together we'll come up with this thing. It's not me saying, here's the 20 I want to run with. Mm-hmm. Um, so giving them the freedom and the ownership and the last one is consistency. I think consistency is trust. And um, the analogy I use for this, obviously I'm, I like analogies, <laughs> is I came up with this because I was, I'm was i always thinking about building teams and trust and how do you build this relationship is I was um, with my son and we went swimming in the ocean. After swimming in the ocean, we walk across the beach up to my mom's house and our feet are sandy. So before my mom's house, we have to hose off our feet. Well, my son is holding the hose and he's going to hose off my feet with really cold water. Mm-hmm. And I'm already kind of dried off from this. So I really don't want to get sprayed by my <laughs> six-year-old son. Yeah. And what is my, a six-year-old holding a hose is like <laughs> dangerous. dangerous, right? <laughs> so I don't trust him just yet. So I just like, I stay as far away as I can. And I try and just like reach my toe in front of the hose. If he's not consistent I don't, hold, I don't continue to trust him. Mm-hmm. But if he just holds that hose steady, just totally still, all of a sudden, I'll get closer and I'll get my whole ankle in there mm-hmm. and I'll bring right up to where I'm standing right in front of him. And if he's still consistent and I also like, he's consistent. I can trust him. I'll turn my back to him and mm-hmm. I can get my heels and my Achilles. But if he's erratic, if he's inconsistent, if he's like, whoa, whoa, <laughs> and I don't trust him yep. and I won't get close. If you don't get close, then there's no real relationship. If there's no relationship, we're not going to get anywhere with this whole mm-hmm. thing. Mm-hmm. That's why I think consistency is so vital. I think consistency is the most underlooked aspect of small business, of relationships, of trust, of love, of everything. Mm-hmm. If you're consistent, the chances that I'm going to get closer to you go up exponentially. Totally. And I think one of the really interesting things is, and and I don't know that you did it on purpose, but I also don't know that it's accidental, which is this idea of, you, you, you've mentioned, you know, we talk about hunger and humility and people smarts a lot. We literally, we, we talk about those things. But what you're just, what you just sort of laid out in terms of building trust is you exemplified, here's how I show that I'm humble. I do that by, by letting them take ownership of the mm. things that they're going to mm-hmm. take ownership of. And on top of that, you, you sort of expect them to say, to take that and then to sort of level up, right? So it's not just that you guys are talking about humility and hunger and people smarts as a thing, you know, poster on the wall, but it actually sort of infuses literally the actions that happen in the gym so that you learn it, but then you sort of really internalize it. um, And it becomes sort of, uh, it becomes expectation as much as it's sort of intellectual, like here are our core values. It's not that it's, it's literally, this is how it's we not run core the values that just get put on a coffee mug. It gets right. put on a poster. It gets put on a t-shirt and we never talk about it or worse. They change. This mm-hmm. is when, this is the thing I did. Like I did really poorly. was like, I, I read something else. And be like this. We're going over yeah. here now. And yeah. I'd read something else. And be like, huge, we're going yeah. over here now. And people are like, here he goes again. <laughs> and that's why it takes like, 
It's in our hiring process. Yeah. It's in our review process. It's why we fire people. We talk about it at coaches meetings. We talk about our quarterly meetings. We talk about it in terms of like, are they one of us? It's like, it's everywhere. It's a part of who we are. And just that consistency in that mm-hmm. allows them to feel like, okay, I can buy into this one. This yeah. one's sticking. This yep. one's staying. Like, he's for real this time. <laughs> like, yeah. And the fact that it's doing that, it creates its own momentum. That's yep. why you got to spend a little bit extra time, like making sure that those are the ones you want. Right. Because if you change them again, six months later, and then again, 18 months later, and again, 24 months later, it's, well, the, cons- it's the consistency. We've, the we've killed the consistency. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk a little bit about um, crossovers between other, other kinds of teams. Cause obviously you've had a lot of success in whether it's CrossFit, uh, you know, games teams, um, to, you know, I kind of consider, uh, Catherine, Brooke and Cole a team, yep. even though it's sort of an unconventional team. I think, um, there are elements of it that, that I would consider a team, um, and obviously other sports and stuff like that. So you've been involved in, in different kinds of teams. How much of what we've been talking about is, or can be sort of translated into, let, let's stick with sort of an athletic team. Yeah. Like if you were coaching a football team, um, uh, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll stick yep. to that just cause it's simple and we don't have to run around in circles, but like how much of what we've been talking about can you see as translatable to uh, if, you know, you walked in on day one of a, a varsity high school football team? If I was to walk into, and I actually, um, I'd really like this opportunity at some point um, to coach a, a, a different athletic team like a football team. If I walked in on day one, I would say we are humble, hungry, and smart. That is who we are. That is the way we are going to operate. We are humble. We are going to grow. We are going to make you better. And the only way we can do that is if we give you feedback. The reason we give you feedback is because I care about you and I want you to be better. I want you to be something special. It's the at the hallmark of what we're doing as a team is we are looking to grow and improve. If we don't have that, if we have this idea like, nope, I am where I am. I have this fixed um, set of skills. And all I'm looking for is... Um, credibility from my mm-hmm. coaches. All I'm looking for is like, like I want the um, accolades. accolades. I want to know that I'm, what I'm doing is right. Yep. We, we are, I want to we, know that I'm we the have best severely player. misplaced our efforts. And then from there, it's hunger. We are driven. We are passionate. We are committed. We are going to outwork everyone. Work ethic, work ethic, work ethic. And then from there, how you communicate with a team is of vital importance. We are going to be a communication organization. We are going to figure out how to coaches talk to you, how you talk to your coaches, how you talk peer to peer and athlete to athlete and coaches to parents. And communication is going to be the utmost importance for us. That's where I would start with every organization I ever came across. Mm-hmm. And then from there, I would keep the consistency going across and let people know that this is all about growth and betterment. And where we are today is part of the process. It's not about getting better. I'm sorry, it's not about winning right now today. It's about getting better so we are in a better spot in a month, in a week, in a year, and so on. Mm-hmm. I like the kind of a side shot, but the the coach that the the division one football coach that was asked, I can't remember who it was. They said, um, so at the end of the season, they said, How do you think your your team did? How do you think you, you know, was it a successful year? He said, come back and ask me in 10 years mm-hmm. when I know what these cool. boys have turned into. Yeah. That's kind of cool. That's what, that's what this is. That's what it would be about. Yeah. Really cool. Um, you've sort of talked about a little bit in the context of work, but maybe we can kind of continue sort of straddling between work and, and athletics um, with this question. But um, when you have a team member who isn't measuring up, how much work do you put in to try to get them to where they need to be? versus recognizing that they're not the right person or, you know, whatever it yeah. is, you know, you, you, you mentioned higher, slow, fire, fast, but there's a little bit of gray area in there. Cause yep. what does fast mean? Right. Um, and then, you know, if we want to stay a little bit on the side of like the, that football team, how do you get that individual up to where at least you think that they're capable of being? Yeah. So, um, I would kind of put that in like our review process. So we're, we're trying to get everyone good. Right. And we, if we want to make place a great, we really try and keep it like, there's a lot of gray area in between good, fair and poor. But if, um, we're trying to get everybody up to the good standpoint and if someone's fair, we're going to put a lot of effort, a lot of resources, a lot of, um, time and energy into developing that person, making them good at what they do. If they're poor, I'm not going to put a lot of resources into them. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give them 30 days to bring it up. Mm-hmm. And if they're not, that's something that I don't have the bandwidth, the capacity, the time, or the resources to try to get them better. They're not the right fit for us. They're not one of us. 
So if I was on a football team, and it's hard to say because different levels have different course, uh, yeah. ownership of what you can do with players. Yep. But if I was um, a, you know, coaching a professional football team and somebody wasn't fair, somebody was poor, I'd basically have a warning meeting with them saying, you're not measuring up in these categories. Here are the specifics of why. This, here is who said what about this. Here is why we are having this meeting. Here is the expectation going forward. Here is the timeline we're looking for. We are going to have another meeting in 30 days. If we're having the same discussion in 30 days, this is not the right organization for you. And I'll be checking point along the way every week to make sure that's going the way it should be so that when it gets that 30 days, they under they it's not a surprise either which yeah. way. Yep. Um, if you're coaching a... Uh, a youth football team, it's going to be very different because everyone belongs on the team. You're going to have to put a lot of effort into those athletes because then it's the, the one bad apple can spoil the whole bunch mm-hmm. methodology. You're um, shoring up your weakest link is the best thing you can do. In that case, what I would do is I would take a page out of Urban Meyer's book, the coach of Ohio State football, and pair every A player the leaders on your teams, the ones that are good in every category that you don't have to worry about, they're the first ones to the weight room. They're the first ones to practice. They do extra sprints afterwards. Their uniform always looks the way it's supposed to. They talk to coaches and other players the way they do. They handle referees the best. So everyone knows who I'm talking about, those leaders on the team. You partner up A players with C players and you have those A players rub off and show those C players how to be better. Mm-hmm. You don't necessarily worry about the A players, the B players, you can develop yourself. Mm. And the C players, you need other peers on your team as well. It can't just be the coaches. Mm. Really cool. All right. That was a good combo. <laughs> Anything else? Uh, that's that's cool. I like All it. Right. I love, I love, I think that um, development of a team is a paramount success for anything that you're doing. And in everything that we do in life is with a team. Yeah. If you're writing a book by yourself, you still have a team. You have your spouse, you have... Um, your editor, you have your agents, you have, there's a team in every, no matter how individualized you want to go towards things, if you're doing a solo ascent up Everest, there's still a team. Like, but most of us work with a lot more team people than that. If you can develop the strong team around you, it's like everything else is kind of like falls into place. Everything else is then talent and skills. And execution. And execution, yeah. Yeah. But actually, the the team is the execution standpoint because the team is about creating the vision that's shared amongst the team. Mm -hmm. If you create that, then you're creating accountability. Like it all starts with that creating the team, the right, if you have humble, hungry, people, smart people, accountability is there, execution is there, the drive is there. Um, As long as you have some of the talent and a vision to create it and kind of like some people that can actually execute and yep. sell and market and do data analytics and all the yep. rest, yep. finances and whatnot, it falls into place. If you have the best in the world, but they're not seeing eye to eye and they're complaining, not to necessarily to each other, but complaining maybe behind closed doors or equally as bad in their own heads, you're not gonna get anywhere near your potential. You have to make sure that everyone is thriving. If you create a thriving environment, it's almost like, the gizmos and the gadgets and the widgets don't matter. Like give them, give them anything. Mm -hmm. They can make it happen. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Thank you, sir. Thanks Patrick.